Greetings. Welcome to the Optic Protective Intelligence Podcast. I'm Chuck Randolph, Optic's Executive Director of Strategic Intelligence. From 30 years as a military officer to transforming corporate executive protection, event security, and intelligence services teams to function beyond their traditional roles, protection, risk management, intelligence, and threat mitigation have been front and center throughout my career. This podcast series will explore the turbulent world of risk, security, and protection through conversations with leaders and innovators in the field. Now, on to the discussion. Well, back at GSX, and I'm joined by Mr. Brian Flannery, the president of Foresight Security Consulting, also the president of ATAP Northwest. Brian, thanks for joining us at GSX, brother. Thanks, Chuck. Great to be here. First time. And it's first a, time it's, caller, long time a, listener, first, first time caller. First time caller, long time listener. <laughs> it's uh and and this is it's it's crazy. So wait, this is your first GSX? First GSX ever, yeah. You know, in the government, they don't really put a lot of uh as is love in there sometimes. Oh, so when yeah, you go yeah. private, you get to like do this stuff. Well, it's, I have a million questions, but before we, we do that, can just give me a little bit about, I know you of course, but give me a little bit about your background to inform uh, the readers or listeners. Sure. Uh, military, 25 years, law enforcement, uh, almost specifically behavioral threat assessments, prevention of targeted violence, some executive protection uh, later in my career for some government officials. Um, and then started Foresight in 2018. So left, went private, and here we are at and GSX. Guitar player extraordinaire. I, I mean, guitar player. Let's not throw the extraordinaire word around. But yes, that that is well. <laughs> well, I know during uh, during COVID, you hosted a few. Uh, That's true. That was, I had a lot of time to get back into guitars well, uh, during it, COVID. Well, which is interesting because we all had a lot of time to get back into a lot of things during right. COVID. I mean, I think a million podcasts popped up. Uh, yeah, but. I'm curious, so what were your expectations of GSX and then walking in? Because last year, I will tell you, I've, I've kind of lost count, but okay. last year was a stark difference, purposeful word there. I mean, you talked me into this. I don't know if you remember the phone call where it was like, you should come to GSX. And I was like, well, then I'm gonna be on your hip the entire time because I don't know what I'm doing. So we come to GSX, right? And, and uh, I think I was ready for kind of the Vegas style yeah. exhibition hall and all of that. Um, and then I was still like, oh, look, there's a robot dog. There's robot security agents and there's 400 different cameras and lasers. And it's it's yeah. interesting. I think the thing about GSX that I love is like anything you're trying to figure out, get knowledge on or source, you, it's here. From protector, yeah. from protectors to pocket protectors, you're going to find. No, that's true. Here. That's a good point. Yeah, there's it, there's there's a little something for everybody in the security industry, which is super important. Um, you know, I, we've talked a lot about this, but I'm a big believer in a holistic approach to security. Yeah. This is the holistic approach, right? There's a version of all of this here, which is great. And I will say, last year, you know, it was much quieter, more subdued. Sure. Obviously, because of COVID and the pan and pandemic issues. And I, you know, I got a chance to kind of walk around and really like dig deep into everything going on here. You, you, we're back to normal where like you really need to have that focused. I'm walking. I almost need to put headphones on so I can walk around and say, what is it that I'm trying to find and look at? Right. It's also, I think, super important to get yourself out of a bit of a comfort zone. Yeah. It is so sure. easy for me to surround myself with the people I know. 
Yeah, no, right. 100%. Getting out there, meeting new people, trying to figure out who in our industry is also wrestling with some of the same stuff we are and what that looks like. I think that's a big deal. Brian, we are in like, you know, we're, we've been talking, we're talking about GSX and hey, it seems like we're back to normal and everyone's back to travel and everyone's happy and smiley. But there's a dark underbelly to all this because I think in some ways, while it's not potentially more threatening than we've seen historically, the ability to see threats is definitely unprecedented. I mean, we can see them every day unfolding. So in some, in some ways, the state of violence for many people who are onlookers are like, gosh, I've never seen this before in my life. Right. Doesn't mean it didn't exist. It just means we see it now. I mean, what's your, based on, you know, your background in government, you do a lot of work helping people sort out their security postures. What's your comments on the state of violence or the, the state of threat? You know, threat it's interesting, violence? like you say, um, it was happening, uh, but maybe it was, it, people weren't as aware of it. And I would argue that, yeah, it was happening, but it was kind of happening in the dark right? Crime happened in the dark. They, people didn't want to get caught. And, and I'm talking everything from the petty theft and the carjacking that wasn't, you know, overly predominant like it is a, a little more so today. And so I think what happened was during the pandemic, when you shut the world down, that is the dark, right? Yeah. The street at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday in every major city is now the dark because people aren't out, people aren't moving. So you, you have this increase in, in crime and this increase in general threat, then you add the people back in without dealing with the crime and, and the kind of dark that's happening. And so now we're seeing these things like follow home robberies. We're seeing, you know, guys done at gunpoint on the street because of a watch they're wearing. Literally seeing it. Seeing like, it live. And people are filming it. Yeah, which, you know, it's, it's a, a whole, whole other like, podcast. Wait a minute, why, right. why, are you, why are you filming and not helping? Right, but, yeah. right, right. So you have all of that stuff. Um, and it's such an interesting kind of, I don't want to say new problem, but it is. People are now starting to look at security um, with this lens of, I never thought I needed it before. And it's not even a direct threat to maybe your principal or your client, but they might be sitting at a restaurant next to the thing that happens and they can't have their company fail because they didn't decide about yeah, protection you're right. or security. I think that's a really interesting observation because many times people think of threats like directed directly at me, my principal, my right. asset, whatever it is. But there's also, I mean, you and I both know as, you know, in this realm for a long time, I mean, there's wrong place, wrong time. You know, there's time, place, predictability for yep. your protectee, but then there's like, I happen to be at the wrong place in the wrong time and it all went south and they don't care who I am, but That's now right. I'm caught up in somebody else's That's place. right. That's right. You know, I always, I remember talking to uh, one of my previous protectees who was an elected official and he didn't want protection, right? He didn't want protective intelligence. We did that anyway. Nobody knows who I am, Brian. Right, right, right. And I remember reminding him about Gabby Giffords. Yeah. And I said, listen, Gabby Giffords didn't have protection either. Yeah. But the nine-year-old girl who went to see her speak that morning because maybe she wanted to be a congresswoman one day yeah. and was killed as a subsequent, you know, casualty to this attack that was directed specifically at Gabby, that person deserves you to have protection and protective intel teams and all of this stuff. And there's so much more to protection than just the person standing right next Preach. to the individual. Yep. I mean, Absolutely. we can start talking about, you know, concentric rings of protection, defense yep. in depth, you know, detect, defer, deter, defend, you know, I, 
all you know detector disrupt defend all these kind of things that we need to that we need to think about in terms of of the individual but you're right i mean there are people that we're going to will come into the orbit of that protectee and they're suddenly at risk as well right that's right it's a it, yeah and so trying now to kind of convince what that looks like when for example when we're onboarding somebody that 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 doesn't really know what they don't know and they're always like i want this thing I want, I want this, I want uh, an EP detail, or I want cameras and access. And I, what does that mean? right. And, and also how do you know that that's what you want? Because you saw somebody have that once. Yeah. You know, when I was, uh, when I was going through like staff college in the military, sure. You know, many things you can kind of joke about like, oh my gosh, you got your frontal lobotomy and all that. But the one, I think one key takeaway that has helped me on the protection side is like often, oftentimes what you're solving for has multiple ways to get to the solution. So right. one plus one is two, but, uh, you know, two times zero is two. That's right. You know, or, you know, so in other words, often it's the objective that you want and the approach to the objective, because you're right, like, hey, I need protection, Brian. I just need cameras because I'm thinking guns, gates, guards. Well, right. wait a minute. What's, let's examine this. What yeah. does that mean? Yeah. And oftentimes, People get confused because I've seen this on TV or I've read a book and this sure. is my assumption. So you have to kind of come in and I guess one way to do that is maybe through a strategic risk assessment. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. You know, we we actually call them, depending on the on, on what specifically we're doing, we call them uh, at Foresight, we call them organizational security risk assessments, right? Why do you have to make why OSRA? Do to change, why right? do you have to change things? Organizational security risk assessment. This idea <laughs> that it's not a security assessment, it's a strategic risk assessment. Where does a client have issues with a corporation, at home, philanthropic issues that they deal with, boards they sit on? None of that stuff lives in a vacuum, so it has to all be examined. Exactly, and this is why I think that nuanced word of risk, replacing security, right. to say, hey, look, we're not just looking at where are you, time again, time, place, predictable, and we can put four you know, body people on you at that point, but holistically, What's the problem? Yeah. You know, by the way, you know, it, does your home network have gaps? Do you, right. do you have gaps? Are there blind spots, you know, with regards to uh, where you might uh, donate money? I mean, all these kinds of things that inform us in terms of like that intelligence driven operations led threat informed environment. Right. It's really important, I think, because, you know, there's no way to adequately do executive protection. There's no way to adequately do even physical security if you're not also examining kind of the threatscape, right? The stuff that's happening out in the ether, the protective intelligence, the behavioral threat assessment, if that program, because that's the, the word we use, we need to build a program. Well, a program is comprehensive. And if you don't have a programmatic approach to security, you're gonna have a real hard time filling in all the gaps. Do we have a problem with creating language that decision makers can understand by which to make decisions. I think so. I mean, we say risk. Right. And the history yeah. is the person that writes the check because there was a car crash oh, by sure. one of their the, drivers. The minute we say risk here, there are people listening in going, oh, no, 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 no. That's right. A That's not what risk is, right? We have a risk manager and they manage our risk. Sure. But it's it's all starting. This is the long, you know, long-term issues we've had as corporations, as as individuals, family offices, whatever, as they've grown is this siloing of responsibility. IT does IT stuff, facilities does facilities stuff, 
risk does risk stuff. Most times they don't even have security as a discipline. It comes along with one of those things. Breaking down these silos for cross-communication, again, holistic approach. How do these people not talk and, and develop programmatic responses to what this looks like? Because we know it's there. We know the risk is there. Yeah, absolutely. And risk is just looking for a crack. Right. And our job is like lessen the, I mean, look, it, you'll never get a hundred percent solution. I know there are people out there going, oh, you will. You, I, I've right. yet to see it, but you can get as close to a hundred as you can. And right. you can get so close to the left of bang, you know, activities that you yep. know, we're right on. Off X, all the stuff, right? All that stuff. And it's so interesting to think about those gaps and those things, because the part that's hard is we can identify gaps just like a crack in a dam. But unless water starts coming through that crack, it's very difficult to quantify to your stakeholders the level of that risk. So when we're saying you have to have this and then nothing happens for a year. Yeah, I don't need yeah. They immediately need start, it? right? We understand that running wire and an access control box costs money and we see it and we see its use. It's all the other stuff that comes along with that that is very difficult to quantify. And so one of the things that we're starting to try and identify is that if, a, if you have a comprehensive programmatic response cross-culturally, the byproduct of that is just better care for your people. Your employees feel safer, they wanna be there, and they have reporting mechanisms to solve these problems. You know, about a month ago, we released our mid-year state of PI. You know, it's the protective sure. intel we yep. do every year. Yep. But we did our mid-year, and one of the things we found is like this lack of cohesive, co eh, cohesive communication. Because I think, I think, risk organizations will cooperate and work together. They just you know, like we don't Rumsfeldian. We don't know what we don't know. Right. So this lack of a cohesive environment by which we can we can collaborate, communicate, and develop protocols. I mean, it is preventing, you know, is, is preventing us from stopping bad things. Correct, absolutely. And if we're working against ourselves, like you said a minute ago, we're not gonna prevent them all anyway. How many more could we, if we were working cohesively? No, if absolutely, we were I mean, together? if, you know, you and I both have a government background, both have been in the military, and oftentimes what I've seen in large bureaucratic organizations is like, it's cool, Brian, my level red is your level five, right. which is somebody else else's code one alpha. Right. And if we have to spend, it's like a marathon. If we have to spend 10 minutes just getting to the starting line, we've already expended energy that we need for that marathon of, of risk management. That's so right. I'm a big proponent of like, look, we need to create common operating information common operating language, and those two things will equal a common operating environment that we can... We there's some light at the end of this tunnel though, Yeah. right? There's some, there's, and I would argue there's light now actually. I you agree. Know? And here's what it is. I, I recently had somebody provide this metaphor for me under another kind of auspice, but this idea that if you think about the Blue Angels, think about security and think about this, this conference. Think about how Ontic and Chuck Randolph reaches out and brings in all these different personalities and all these different disciplines, even to this platform on a podcast, right? That you put together and you're developing this holistic thing with a bunch of different guests. Go back to the Blue Angels. 
What we need to think about, and we need to be really diligent about this, is that our stakeholders, our clients, the people in the world who are confused, scared, and trying to figure this out, we're not learning how to fly planes here. We're flying. And now it's the incremental adjustment between the planes. But the people on the ground are like, oh my God, look at how good these things look. But they're constantly saying, move, turn, this, speed, all of that to make it look like they're right on top of each other. You know, that's, that's, that's a great metaphor and I'm going to steal it, but I'll give you credit. <laughs> yeah. But I, I also believe there's light. I don't think it's light at the end of the tunnel, but we're seeing light because if you think, if we go back to the state of violence again, yeah, and you see all these threats that are, again, you know, that we're seeing, I mean, you know, we have the ability to see them more Russia, Ukraine issues, whether it's assassinations, attempted assassinations, yeah. we see breaches, all these things suddenly are getting thrown on the table of risk. And I think what we're finding more is leaders are saying, hey, look, I, you know, enough, I need to be able to make, you know, decisions based on this information. And I believe there's a bit of a top down coming where people are saying, look, y'all need to start working together. Absolutely. I mean, and you're seeing it in 10 caves too. You're now seeing risks that weren't manifesting in a 10K document now slowly starting to make their way in, which I think will have an ongoing effect where now you're going to have to have convergence. Whereas before, convergence was a cool thing. We talked about it at a conference, but now right. the last three years have said, hey, whether you like it or not, convergence is something you're going to have to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. And, and, and again, we go back to nothing exists in a vacuum. Yeah. I mean, well, just like you were just talking about you know, strategic risk assessments and then behavioral threat assessment being part of the state of play for protection and everything else. Now you have, you know, Johnny and Sally who've been on Zoom calls for the last three years now suddenly thrust in the office and we maybe have forgotten our social graces and ready go. No, that didn't right. work out so well. Right. So, yeah, I think people are shifting the way they do business anyway. So I think, I think companies in general are getting away from this um, kind of all or nothing approach. They scare me, they're out. This person did something, they're gone. I'm starting to hear a lot about soft landing packages. How do we get people to say thank you as they leave, even though they have to move on? Saying goodbye gracefully. So just from that kind of insider threat, you know, but that's also true in how some clients may approach their philanthropic detail. Like we're not gonna give money to this, but how do we say no in a way that doesn't create grievance? because that's what we're trying to do. People have grievances. Even if we don't agree with them, they're real for them. How do we work that as a community? And then what kind of resources do we have? And we can't all do it by ourselves. Possibly based on the environment that we're just figuring out what's next post pandemic or however you want to look at that. We're now in an environment where I'm used to saying whatever I want on social media or other ways. And now you're right, like, oh, I, you know, you no longer are going to have Diet Pepsi in the office. I'm up in arms over that. And you don't, we don't know what we don't know. So we don't know what's going to trip somebody off. And this idea of, I like this idea of like, let's have soft landings. Like we're going to change things. Things are, yeah. you know. It's the integration of, I, I really believe the integration of threat assessment. And you know, it's funny because somebody recently asked me, do we need to soften that? Do we need to stop calling it threat assessment? Because it's scary, right? Behavioral threat assessment. And I maybe. I don't know, but I do know that when that program is working in an organization, mm -hmm. I don't care if it's a global organization or a mom and pop shop, it is better care for people. 
Absolutely. The identification of early discipline issues, early situational issues that are behaviors of concern that then cause the organization to step in and say, hey, we care about you. We want to see this get better. This isn't somebody calling, not that this doesn't still happen. We got a termination tomorrow and he's super scary. Give us armed guys for two weeks. Why the two weeks? Why are you calling today? We should have been talking about this three months ago. Again, and you, you again, we're talking about convergence issues that aren't just like cyber physical. I mean, convergence is physical HR, cyber HR, That's right. mailroom, all these it. things yep. that, and I think that starts meshing, right? Yeah, it's it just, just idea of like, let's identify issues early on so we can start to mitigate them as far out as possible. So right. everything doesn't think like, oh, foresight on eight, two armed guys tomorrow for two weeks. Okay. Yeah. And if you think of it from this perspective of, well, we're stopping a shooting. We might stop a workplace violence attack. That is always going to be reactionary because we don't want to get there until it's really scary. But if we can start thinking about this as we're making our place better for our people and that's the initial byproduct, that's how they're going to engage early in these conversations, I think. Brian, where do you see, you know, you're also a business owner. Um, where do you see opportunities for people in the security and in risk industry right now? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked it too, because I was going to say something just a few minutes ago. It was starting to like lend itself into, into saying this thing that I read this great article uh, and it was not about the security industry. It was about the tech industry and the idea that no one company can provide every need for every client forever. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, but there's a million out there that will tell you. And they all say, no, we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. I got to tell you, one of the things I love about these conferences, this, the others that we go to, what you guys are doing as a company, the Ontic conference in Austin, the things that I love about this is the understanding that we're learning from all of our colleagues, where their lane is, what they do, and then how as a group, if we work together, we can provide the best case scenario for all of our clients. And, it, and, and you know, everybody wants to be protective because they're business owners and, and they want this thing, but a rising tide, it, it raises all boats. Well, and I, Such a big deal. And what a great philosophy too. Like, look, go into an understanding that we're all in it together. Yeah. I think somebody told me years ago when I had my own business and I got in like, look, there's enough work for everybody. Right. And there is. And I know it may not seem like that with the economic times we're in right now, but there is, especially in the risk and threat world, there is there is enough work for everybody. Understand, you know, again, at some point, I think like protectors and things need to be a generalist at some level. But that generalist is also like, where do I go or point you or go find somebody that will do this special thing? Yeah. You know, whether it's TSCM, yeah. whether it's a cyber background, right. whether it's, you know, I need boots on the ground in Africa, as opposed to boots on the ground in Tulsa. I mean, you know, right. there's all these nuanced things that happen. Yeah. And that's, what's so important is just recognizing that as people are getting together to do this and we're, and we're meeting each other, that this should never be, you know, I'm, I'm competing with these people. I'm trying, it's, it's all about what we're talking about, right? If it's, if there's convergence of risk, there has to be convergence of solution. And this is the solution. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the industry is in a far better place, I think, than when you and I first got in. Yeah, 100%. Where people yeah. are far more, like you come to GSX, people are open and willing to talk. You yeah. go to the Close Protection Conference, same thing. You come out to um, Ontic's uh, Protective Intel Summit. I mean, people are willing to share ideas and thoughts because again, you know, what was it? Stainless Crystal said, it takes a network to defeat a network. And I think at some level, we're understanding that as protectors and risk mitigators to say, we need to increase our network 
because the bad guys are doing the same thing. Yeah, well, and you know, I didn't get into this to be a business owner, right? I mean, you and I talked long ago as I started my company, I just wanted to do the work that I was passionate about. It has turned into people doing that work that we're all passionate about and passing that along, but it shouldn't change what we're passionate about, right? I mean, if you're in this work because you really wanna see a reduction in violence, a reduction in crime, and and you know what we're all trying to do, which is provide a better world for our kids. I mean, that's that's it for me. That's the heart for me. Hey, I, I we got to be thinking about it's that. It's important to get up every day, as Simon Sinek might say, and understand your why. Understand and your why. Start and, there. And if, if your why is to make money, got it. Yeah. Figure that out. If your why is to help people find a path, got it. If right. your why is to make the place better, you know, more safe, or like the Girl Scouts might say, make this place better than we found it. That's right. You got it. I mean, what's your why? Honestly, kind of alluded it, to it a yeah, little bit. Well, it's my kids. I mean, it's it's the idea that it's the idea. I get a little choked up, but it's the idea that my kids in schools have to hide. They have to practice lockdown drills. Now, that looks different applied to every organization in the world. But at the end of the day, it's a reduction in violence. And if we can reduce and identify violence prior to it occurring, we can't help but, but create the place we all wish we could live in. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, nothing frustrates me more than to see the after effects of something only to find out if if y'all would have talked. You know, this is great, but you know, boots on the ground. Yeah, we're we're protecting lives and making making the place better. You know, it's funny, man, and I, I appreciate just the opportunity to sit down with you again and talk. And whether it's recorded or not, I love every minute that we get. But when we start talking about this whether it's recorded or not. I listen back to some of this stuff, some of the times I hear myself, oh my and I am on a soapbox, banging a drum <laughs> like the crazy guy on the corner. I yep. hear myself. You're like, oh my God, that's yeah. me. I'm like, why oh, wait. do I sound like that? But this is why. Because I I really believe the work that we're doing I, I do too. is so important. Well, you know, and I get it. Like, hey, I want to monetize what I want to do. I'm gonna, I, hey, man, I get all that. But at the end of the day, I get up, just like you, because we're here, we're protecting yeah. people, we're trying to help people find a path, we're trying to make the place better, we're trying to make more connections. Ultimately, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing, and yep. you know what? And if you're true to that, and you're true in faith to what you believe in, yeah. I believe good things will follow. That's right, absolutely. And 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 everybody, your colleagues see it. You know, I see it in, 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 in the people that I keep around me, and my mentors, I see that. And if it wasn't that thing, I wouldn't be there. Well, I mean, and there are folks that, you know, donate time to make the place better. I mean, you're the president of HAP Northwest, you know, arguably one of the, the larger, more stronger chapters. No offense to any other chapter, even my own. I think uh, DC's Texas. got us right now, yeah. but barely, barely. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know what? And you don't get paid to do that. But no, and it's, and it's a second it. full-time job. Yeah, of course. I mean, but um, when I found behavioral threat assessment in 2004, and I was so fortunate to be mentored by guys like John Vandrell and Andre Simmons and, and over the course of time, Chuck Tobin and, and Mario Scalora and these, these names in behavioral threat assessment. All it did was continue to water the seed that was planted in 04 that this is for me, outside of my wife and kids, the greatest passion of my oh, life. My wife often jokes, she's like, your, your job is, is your hobby. Yeah, no, it's true. And it is. That's true. I mean, and, 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 and what a blessing yeah. that that's my hobby, that I get up to do this every day. Yeah. I would not have it any other way. I mean, let's face it, 
if this is a great time to pun, no pun intended, but pun intended, this is a great time to be in risk. Right. Why? Because right. there's so many interesting problems to solve. There's yeah. so many things that we can get in and help. And there's so many Gordian knots that we can either untangle or cut through depending on what's the appropriate response. But I mean, it's uh, unprecedented times calls for unprecedented approaches. And I and yeah. I think definitely foresight in, in and uh, Brian Flannery represent, represent well, that. Thank you. You know, um, yeah, I, I think that it's a, it is it is an incredible opportunity to be able to step into this world and assist and do it with people that I care about and people that care about this work uh, is just like I said, it's a, I'm grateful for it every day. So, Brian, if, if people want to follow you more or they want to get into the the tribe of Flannery, I mean, how do they where do they go? Do the that? tribe of Flannery is a very specific handshake <laughs> you have to learn. So, uh, no. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, of course, Brian Flannery. That's Brian with a Y because I spell it correctly. Um, and then uh, foresight scom is our website. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, LinkedIn, I said that. I don't know. There's, You're I'm, out there. I'm, I'm out there. I'm on this. I'm yeah, on the socials. Easy to find. And you know what? I find one of the most approachable uh, folks I know in the industry. And if you're new and you're trying to get some advice, I mean, I've never seen you turn anyone away. So, that's, Brian. I really appreciate yeah. that, man. That's appreciate, appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. Look yeah. forward to catching up. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, lots of opportunity here at GSX with 10,000 other people. This episode was brought to you by the Ontic Center for Protective Intelligence. Learn more at ontic.co forward slash center. Again, ontic.co forward slash center. It was produced by AJ McKeon. Our music track is called Monteverde Ride and was written by Brian Bristow and performed by Smoke and Novas. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcast at ontic.co or visit ontic.co forward slash center for more information. Thank you for listening.